Hello. Hello. Hello, and welcome to Grace Online. We're really excited for you to be able to receive an encouraging word from Scripture today. Because we know that God is already here, and He is ready to be with you. And let's get ready to hear today's message. The Gospel this morning is from St. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 6 through 15. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our, trespass, or forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So... We're today looking at what the, how the question came in, how does prayer work, which I think probably was more of a, does it work? And does it work for me? Why doesn't everybody else seem to have such a wonderful prayer life and I can't seem to find myself on my knees before the Lord? Or do, when we do pray, we have financial struggles, and we bring them to the Lord, and, and it's proper, and that's where we should bring them, but the bills still get hard to pay, and it seems to be an ongoing problem. We pray for our family and our relationships, but yet, <laughs> does it seem like our grown children still treat us like the banker? the butler, and the babysitter? <laughs> or the worst, or most profound, I should say, is when we have a physical ailment or someone we love does. Why the suffering, Lord? Other people pray and they are healed. Other people have this come to them. The Lord, it seems they're just right there, but I seem so far from God. And so we'll look at that today. How does prayer work? And we'll look at one way people do, and I think a lot of people do, and we'll look 
at the way Jesus teaches us to pray. The first way we pray because we sort of need something. Uh, the, Jesus talks about, that's what he's talking about here when he says, do not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. What he's referring to are people who, oh, they go to the synagogue, oh, they come to church. And they talk in that church language. You know, when I go out and I hang out with my friends, when it's a church is we gather to have fellowship and dialogue. You know, it's a different language type of thing, and they're good at it. And they go home after being at church, at Bible study, and never pray. And that's what he's talking about. Don't make a show of it. Because what happens is a couple things. Number one, prayer life really doesn't exist if it's not in private as well. And number two, you only pray when you need something. God, I need you just to help me with this. And you pray and it's, you know, God, if you would just step into the middle of this, I've got it all figured out. I've got it all straightened out. I've got everything ready to go. I need a little bit of God God juice on it and, and I'll get my way. I've got it done. I just need a little bit of you. And when things are going well, I don't pray God because I don't need anything right at the moment. These are people who treat God almost as if he's sort of the boss. He's the one that runs things, controls things, and we work and do his stuff for him but we want him involved when we need the help to get us ahead. But we don't want the boss around when things are going well. We'd rather not. Don't want to upset the apple cart. Right? And this is the way people go. Many people do. They see him only as somebody to go to when there is need. And that's not the way Jesus intends it. And he wants to show us how to pray. And so simply, he does it in what we call the Lord's Prayer. And I break it down this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father. Our Father. Our God is not an idea, it's not a boss, but it's a person. And he has a name. When I invoke the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I am calling on a personal name, a father. We've all had fathers, they are maybe not in our lives, but we know what a father is, and they, they're sinners like us. This is the perfect father, the one who cares for us, who gives to us, who guides us, and is there always for us. And he is in heaven. He is set aside because hallowed be his name, holy be his name, set apart. He is God. 
And in that first sentence there is the foundation of our prayer and our prayer life. This is where we begin by looking and saying, this is my Father who loved me so much he gave his only begotten Son to die for me on the cross so that I may come with all confidence to him, calling him Abba, Father, knowing that I am his adopted son or daughter. First off, before we go any further in our prayer, we look with adoration. The first point is A, adoration. We look and we praise him for who he is and the incredible sacrifice and gift as a father he has given us. Our eternal life in heaven, set apart with him, holy as he is because of the blood of the cross. That is our foundation. That is where we build everything up from. If we want to put our own needs first, we end up kind of getting bored with this section. You know, oh gosh, yeah, okay, I'll say this nice stuff. Maybe he'll, if, I, if I talk him up real good, maybe he'll, he'll go ahead and give me my stuff. But if we truly look at this as our foundation, that all of our prayer comes from the fact that he is God and he has given all for us, including his son. Then we say what we call the accepting part. Your kingdom come, and then the hard one, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In James, the, the book of James, the letter of James, he writes, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That's, ring a bell? There is no shadow of turning. Great as thy faithfulness, O Lord my Father, there is no shadow of turning in thee. That, that, that beautiful hymn is actually based on Lamentations 3.23, but that obviously is right out of James. Of his own he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, first fruits, children, adopted sons and daughters. The second part, accepting that it is his will be done. We say in adoration that you are God, you are the creator of all, and you created us, your special creation so that we may be in a loving relationship with you, the types of creatures fit to spend eternity with you. But we're not God. That's the second part. He is the one who brings gifts. He is the one who gives us all that we need. It's not that whole situation that you and me, God, will do this together. I've got it all set up. All you do is just help me a little bit and, you know, you, you know fist bump after it, you know, with God, how wonderful we did. No, he gives us all things, scriptures tells us, and we receive 
as grateful children. That's so we start with our foundation and now we've built it to see who God is and that we aren't God. And so we, this is leading up to, well, we don't understand his will. That's, we kind of wonder, well, then how does that all work? What's the point of prayer? Well, I'll put it this way. The one that's the most profound I mentioned was when there's sickness, illness, and suffering. And I heard it explained this way once. There was a surgeon. He was the one surgeon in the world who developed this special procedure that would heal a previously uncurable situation. And not only was he the only one that can do it, he is almost always successful. Known worldwide for this procedure. And as happens... His daughter, his young daughter, was diagnosed with this condition. And he comes in and he examines this teenage girl. And he says, yes, you have it. But instead of comforting her with, I'll take care of it, I'll, don't worry about it, uh, you know, I've done this a hundred times, he instead goes outside, sits in the chair, and begins to weep. Doing nothing. And so what are our questions? What are the possibilities? The young girl says, well, maybe he doesn't know how to do it. But he's done it so many times, this procedure. He's world known for it. Well, maybe he just doesn't love me. No, he's shown his love for me so many different times in so many different ways. And so what's the only last option? He must know something I don't. That's what we have to accept when it says, thy will be done. And we can only do that if we start with a foundation that he is God and I am not but he is a good and loving God. And I may just not understand. So we have an adoration and accepting. Finally, we get the good stuff. Asking. And it's only one sentence. It's the shortest one of the, of the bunch. Give us today our daily bread. Does that mean it's not important? No. It means that bring everything to God. He wants to hear it all. He wants to hear your needs, your prayers, your thoughts, your desires. But first, start with recognizing who God is and who you are in this. Your loving Father, who is God, who has sent his Son to die for you, wants you in his lap so that he may wipe away your tears.
and brush your, your hair. He wants to hear from you, but he wants you to understand that he is God, you're not, and he wants to care for you and comfort you in the way that he, the divine, knows you need. And then we have to go to forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And that ties in with the, the last verse, for if you forgive other people when they've sinned against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Why is he saying this? Because it, it's so much easier to say, I'm right, they're wrong, I don't have to forgive them until they, even if they ask for forgiveness, I'll just say, yeah, okay, fine, so it'll go away, but I will always carry this air of superiority. When you will not forgive somebody, you are carrying an air of superiority over that person. I'm right, they're wrong. I'm good, they're bad. You get to manage the relationship that way by not forgiving. You're not letting go to receive them as brothers or sisters. And that's what he's talking about here. Um, we need to admit we are sinners and it will not always go our way because we seem to be self-focused on our good what we perceive of as our good, we decide what's good for us, and we take it to the Lord in prayer. If you give me this, then I'll do this. We have to admit who we are. Story. There's this businessman once, and like any small business owner, he was privileged to work any 16-hour-a-day shift he cared to work. And that was usually seven days a week. Got tired of it. Wanted to find a way out. And found a company that was going to pursue buying the small businessman out and putting him to work. And that's what he wanted. Nine to five, Monday through Friday. I go home Friday evening. I don't have a care in the world until Monday. I don't lay awake trying to figure out how, if the IRS is going to put a lien on my payroll. I'm not, I don't have to worry about any of that. Perfect, Lord. Now make it happen, was his prayer. Be there. This has to happen. He walked through the office of this company where he was going to the president's office and looked down and saw a Bible on the desk and said, there's a Christian here. And he went home that night and he prayed, Lord, if you make this go through, I will, uh, I saw a Bible there, I'll make a, a Bible study. And we'll have four or five people every week, once a week, getting together for a Bible study. You give me the company and I'll do this for you. And just as quickly as the deal had come together, it was just getting ready to close, it collapsed. Didn't work out. Didn't go through. And so the businessman's down. He's distraught. 
looking at his, kicking his, at the ground, looking at his shoes all the time, trying to figure out what happened. Lord, I prayed. Lord, I wanted it. Lord, I even promised you a Bible study. Why? And so he went on. The business went on. He began working more at his church. The congregation saw something in him and sent him to seminary. And here, 25 years later, I stand before you. You see, you can't follow where God is leading. Yes, every one of us can look at that story I just told you of my journey and say, God's hand was all over it. But at the time, God felt so far away. But God spoke to me in the way through you folks here at this congregation and through the greater church. That's the way he deals with us. Then the last one, I came up with A's for every, every other one. Adoration, accepting, asking, admitting. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I came up with not acquiescing. <laughs> Best I could do. What he's saying is the world is hard out there. The world is so easily turning us from the Lord. It's, it's the book of Revelation. It's God having, showing John, look, we've got seven churches. Everyone is from the faithful one that's struggling because everybody hates them to the ones that are just kind of, let's go along to get along. And they're just kind of like, well, what's the harm if I go by and I throw my two cents of incense into the fire and say Caesar is Lord on my way to church? I mean, what's that really hurt? He's saying, don't let the world catch you up. And boy, this is... <laughs> What's going on in our culture now, you know, feels so profound to us, but we're not those Christians that are hiding away in the first and second century from the Romans or those Chinese house churches during the Cultural Revolution. Don't give in, he says. How, though, do we begin to build this prayer life based on God, starting without foundation that he is our Lord. Well, one, I'll give you a little bit of practical technique here. Find a song. Find a song. Find something that speaks to adoration and begin there and let your prayer begin with looking at who God is and what he has done for you first. And so I thought I'd use just to show you how you could do this. You can Google this for the words. But think about turning to your Lord in prayer and saying, great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning in thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be.
calm and loving Father, you are there always. You do not change. As much as the world around me changes, you see how you expand on that perfectly anchored in that foundation of seeing God for who he truly is. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. This is right out of Lamentations 3.23. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. There is our admitting who we are and who God is and where all good things come from. And right there can lead you into a talk with your father. I think the strongest, one of the strongest verses is that last one of this great old hymn. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth, thine own great presence to guide and to cheer, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Think of that as a foundation of your prayer, your attitude in prayer, your looking to your Father, your sharing everything with your Father, Father who is in heaven. So the Lord Jesus has given us this as a framework to pray, simple as it is, it expresses a way of approaching your eternal Father and seeing your prayer, knowing it is heard by your loving Father. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us online at gracehb.org.